It really was good to see Chicken Stanley again yesterday. Yes, it was. I mean, he started off at Nationwide when we gave the Rocky the fight you're in, the five fights you're in after Wednesday. Remember how, how cute he was? He was just this little baby chick. And then he disappeared, and now he's back, and he's part mm. of a photo shoot. Yeah. You know, I, Nationwide, number one, I guess I just so miss like live events and being there with my friends. But what I love is exploring what Nationwide does deeper, especially on their website. And I was just thumbing through there to continue to like extract like the value that they give to their members. And I came across this really cool story about Matt Smith who owns snooze mattress company in Pueblo West, Colorado. And it was a reminder about some, some of the things at nationwide that we don't always talk about. Matt through nationwide discovered the reveal system by X sensor and it's body mapping technology. They can put people on it so that they can confidently recommend mattresses with authority. We always talk about fitting people for the right mattress. Well, Matt and his team discovered the reveal system through Nationwide, brought it in, it paid for itself in two days. They've got an 85% close rate, all of them are high-end mattresses, and 70% upsells on adjustable bases and custom pillows. How would you like those numbers? I would like them a lot, especially if all it took was for me to go to a Nationwide event and discover that you know it's just when you're walking a floor and you see something like that um that's the only kind of it's it's only those experiences kinsley where you can like find the unexpected right you like you're walking down the aisle and you see something over there and you're like what is that you like go check it out and then it turns out it's like this little piece of gold that you did not anticipate running into so that's what happens at nationwide events so you got to stay engaged you got to stay connected to them yeah, very cool story. Great job to, to Rob Stott and Amy Kroom for putting together these member stories. I love reading them. And great job to Matt and his team for taking something, implementing it, and seeing the results, especially since it paid for itself in two days. That's pretty clutch. And another thing that's really clutch is whenever you can have people pay for something in way less than two days. And that's what you're able to do with Podium. So with Podium, which is our new sponsor, we're super excited about them. With Podium, we talked about that. We're going to actually talk about this on this podcast coming up with John Byrne. You win in the transitions. And what do we mean by that? If you and I are running a relay and I try to hand you the baton and I screw it up and it drops, what happens? We lose the race. You win in those transitions. And one of the transitions that's ever apparent with Podium right now that they're solving is the transition from I'm leaving the store but I'm very interested in the product. Maybe I need time to think about it. Maybe I'm gonna shop around. Now your salespeople are able to text message a customer right then and there with all the information about the products they're interested in with a payment link. Because you're probably like me. Once you walk away, the odds of you going back are pretty low. But that doesn't mean you're not interested. You're just gonna kick the can down the road and not make the purchase. You can't ignore a text message and if they make it that easy to pay for it right then and there, it's just mind blowing. And, and it's not only that because Podium is the ultimate messaging platform and people want to communicate right now. They do. And it's not about how you want to communicate. It's about how your customer wants to communicate. And a lot of people like to text. You know, it drives me crazy. Sometimes people are like texting, texting or emailing, emailing. And I'm like, pick up a phone. You know, sometimes you got to pick up. But people don't want to do that. They want to text. And so Podium makes it super easy to do that. So I think that's cool. And yes, if I'm walking out into the parking lot or I'm at lunch with my wife, we've been shopping 
we looked at mattresses, and then I get a text message that says, hey, remember that bed you just saw? Just don't waste your time. Like, life's too short. Click this link and just buy it, and we'll send it to your house. That would be really cool for me. That would be a great experience. So John's talked to us, Kinsley, a lot about that experience. He's talked about taking the online offline or the offline online, but capturing them in the shopping phase, making the experiences great, making sure transitions are there. And that's exactly what they do. So everybody go check out podium.com forward slash Kinsley. Dose, D-O-S. Dose, Podium.com right. forward slash dose. Don't type Marcos. Just head over there because here's the deal. The starter system that Podium has right now allows you to use messaging right away. So you can enter some quick details. You don't have to put in your business credit card and sign up that way. You can start using it for your business right away if you go to podium.com forward slash dose DOS. How much will that cost you, Kinsley? It doesn't cost anything. You just what? go over to the, you just don't have to pay anything. It's free? F-R-E-E. With Dos Marcos listeners. Go check it out. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. You know, I had a great day in Northwest Arkansas, so, you know, I'm moving there soon. So I I like going... um, coming into town and like checking things out but it was great because i got to spend the day with you kinsley and you and i haven't been in the same room in a long time it was strange i mean i thought it would be more strange than it was because i hadn't seen you in a long time in person Mm. but we see each other every week and so we're able to keep up with each other and it's like it's just like an old friendship should be if you haven't seen somebody in six Mm. months you should get in the same room and pick up right where you left off but we really haven't let that lapse like the baton keeps getting passed back and forth but i tell you the weirdest thing that happened yesterday was when you and i sat on a man's front porch it's actually his front porch kind of doubles as a business and we were surrounded by all these tchotchkes and a sixty thousand dollar bronze statue of bill haley you say tchotchkes i call them antiques (laughs) the guy was selling antiques they weren't tchotchkes And so we're sitting there on his porch that clearly was set up for playing music. You and I, I'm playing guitar, you're playing harmonica, and the guy pulls up to his house. And we, then we ended up playing music with him. Well, what was so funny, we were doing a photo shoot for some stuff that we're working on. So Kinsley and I were taking pictures. And so the photographer says, I got, and we're kind of like, oh crap, you know, this guy is home and we're on his front porch, but it's a store, I mean, in all fairness but a really cool space. And so the photographer goes, I'll, I'll handle this. So he goes up to the guy and the guy's coming in, he's getting his keys out and he's going to unlock the door. And he says, Hey, I'm sorry, but we kind of thought that it would be okay. And are you fine with it? He said, yep, I'll be right back. I got to get my guitar. <laughs> so he came back out with us and uh, sat there and played music with us. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. And I'm like, Kinsley, hurry up, play a song with this guy. We're paying these photographers by the hour. <laughs> we ended up playing a, uh... Uh, I think it was like a Hank Williams song together, singing it and playing it together. This guy's name was Jerry. And I'm like, I'll be back, Jerry. Like, I'll be back for your jam session. So it was super fun. And we're kind of having a different time of jam session today. We're jamming with our friend, John Byrne, 
VP of Retail and Emerging Channel Marketing with TSI, that's Temper Sealy International. John, thanks for hanging on our front porch here and jamming with us. Uh, tell us what's going on with you these days and, and with TSI. Thanks for having us, guys. Um, yeah, uh, super exciting times. As you know, we're, we're, we're living in this unprecedented marketplace post the pandemic. Uh, business is jamming, as you started saying. Um, so doing our best to navigate these waters and, and help our retailers, you know, extract as much business and growth as they can possibly can. So BC Times here at TSI. There are a lot of really smart people at TSI. I know them and I know behind the scenes there are many I haven't met yet. Tell, tell me, have you encountered anyone out of all the brain trust that's there under roof who said, yeah, I could have predicted that on the heels of COVID, mattress business is going to boom. Not a single human being. <laughs> starting, well, I'll tell you, starting with our CEO, Scott, Scott Thompson, you know, he, he said, you know, I have predicted many things well in my life, but this one, you know, it, 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 it just, it just didn't score in my book. And, um, are you, you telling know, me that Rusing didn't nail that John? Come on. Rusing's you know, a smart guy. He had to have known. In a moment of humbleness, Steve will tell you that he couldn't <laughs> have predicted it. Um, you know, we, we did try to we did try to stay um, very nimble. Um, we call it the strategy was called optionality. You know, every week was different from the following week, but we didn't have uh, a navigation course. We didn't have a prediction. Uh, in fact, if there was a prediction, it was a doomsday type of a scenario, if anything. So. Um, so no, the answer is no. It just—it's been a, a pleasant surprise, although a different type of headache. Uh, if you think from a manufacturing and our teams in 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 the plants are going through right now. Well, John, it's one of those times where there's been a lot of conjecture and people are making guesses about what's going to happen next, what's happened so far that's going to stick, and we saw this in the middle of shutdown. We, we were talking to people and there were a lot of opinions floating around and people were trying to get information you know, from their brother-in-law or from a friend or a neighbor or from some other business owner, but there wasn't a whole lot of data to really wrap their minds around and get their hands on. And I think we've come far enough in the process at this point where we're starting to see some of these trends emerge and we're starting to think to ourselves and within our businesses, what's going to stick? What do we need to prepare for that's not just a little wave? This is really like an undercurrent. Like this is a riptide. Like this is something that they could really take us down if we don't pay attention to it. What, what, give us some of the highlights because you've gathered up research and that research is going to be presented. We'll tell you where you can get closer in touch with that research that TSI is doing coming up. But give us some of those headlines that float around your building about what these trends are, what's changed permanently, and some of the data that you've gathered up. So, our approach was in this moment of uncertainty was, all right, let's, let's start to figure out what we know before we start trying to decipher what's going to come down the pipeline. So, we started doing, as I, as I told you in the beginning, kind of this weekly pulses. In fact, we meet every Friday at 10 a.m. We run weekly pulses to really understand a different area of the business that we need to answer questions, you know? So, where is the shopper behavior shifting? Uh, where are the sort new sources of information, if anything, that they're going to to 
gather, you know, product information? What are the most trusted sources of information nowadays? What's the role of the RSA? So we had we had a learning agenda at Kingsley that was long and broad, but we broke down to little pieces, met on a weekly basis, ran multiple pulses, which we're going to continue to be doing, and we've been doing for the last uh, two months. And then looking at two, three dots, four dots connecting, and then say, hold on, we have a trend here. And then what are we going to do about it? To your question in terms of right, what, what do we see now that is happening that is super interesting and challenging for us is the whole approach to the category of mattress and consumer spending shifting from what was supposed to be meant for travel and entertainment and now being focused on home goods has been a, a very well publicized uh, consumer dynamic, but we want to go deeper into all right, what within mattress is happening? And there's a couple of interesting developments based on the research around the primary reasons by which consumers are leaning into mattress is because of discretionary reasons. That is different from what we had had pre-COVID, which is basically my mattress broke down and I don't have a discretion about it. So non-discretionary reasons used to be the majority of the factors driving it. But now we see more consumers deciding to look for better quality sleep because either um, I'm looking for uh, health and wellness reason or I want to maximize my sleep. Um, so those discretionary elements now have taken the majority of the decision factors. That's interesting. Uh, we continue to peel the onion and we see that the, the average spend has also increased dramatically. So in the last three months, the average spend, uh, the average intense spend has gone almost 15%. Uh, if you look at it at by bandwidth, uh, consumers, uh, a quarter of them are willing to spend $2,000 or more in mattress. Um, so you have more consumers bringing into home goods their, their spend, willing to spend more. And not only that, if you look at by segments, we have consumers that are what we call, I share with you our segmentation, we call it sleep maximizer. Those are the highest value more engaged uh, shoppers when it comes to sleep, and it's the single fastest growing segment. So not only more people are coming into mattress and willing to spend more, but they're seeking more knowledge and better quality in the mattress that they're gonna purchase. So those are all very favorable market conditions um, um, just to start talking about some of those. So John, okay. I want to unpack that a little bit. So the the average price you're saying has gone up in terms of a consumer giving consideration to the bed, right? Right. So you're saying it's two thousand dollars now. Well, the average went up from twelve hundred to about fourteen hundred. Okay, so a couple hundred bucks. Right. Which is material. I mean, that's okay. So why do you think that is? I mean, the the obvious because. I, I don't see a lot of people, maybe you do, you, you probably have your um, finger on the pulse of it much better than I do, but I don't see a lot of retailers changing up the messaging where it is about health, it is about living your best life, it is about, I don't see a lot of that. So if that's not happening, then how are they arriving at that decision? Is it just COVID and <clears throat> all the things in the news about health and sleep and do you think that's what's doing it? Like, what do you attribute the growth of that to? Well, that's a great point. I think what we're focusing now as a so what of that development is how can we help retailers realize that they're leaving money on the table 
by promoting their under a thousand dollar products in such an intense uh, level. When you have a consumer walking to your door, willing to spend more, willing to know more, and willing to trade off to a higher ASP. So I think at the beginning was, hey, we're opening the doors. Let's sell what sells. You know, we'll figure it out. But I think now, based on these new trends, I think there's an opportunity for retailers to sharpen their focus, work with their RSAs, and help their shoppers trade up to a higher quality sleep. That's the main reason they're walking to their doors in the first place. This is a good point for us to pause on for a variety of reasons. Quinn, you and I and many others in the mattress industry have been beating this drum for years. And we've been saying we have to make sleep the third leg of the health stool and we have to have mattress products firmly and directly connected to delivering better sleep. It seems obvious. It seems like we're just politicians staying on message, but if people are spending their discretionary income at this point on a mattress and to John's point, the data suggests that they're called sleep maximizers, meaning they are trying to find better sleep and they're choosing to put their money toward buying a mattress. This might be an example of success and traction in the direction we've been trying to push the industry, push the messaging for quite some time. John, what would, what would you say to that? Does that seem to jive? You, you nailed it. I will only add one word to what you just said, Kinsley. They're looking for to buy the best possible mattress. That's what defines this segment as we, that's their requirement. So totally. And I think if we can change the lens by which we look at the back half and help our retailers deliver through assortment, RSA training, education, and even messaging and communication in their advertising, I think we're going to have a much, they're going to be able to unlock more growth than what they're currently experiencing. You know, you guys both made me think of something. So fill in the blank. And John, I don't know how much of your research, and I love that you're basing a lot of it in research, and I love your snapshots weekly. The, you know, you're pulling two, 300 people. I love that. That pulse, kind of like pulse research. I think that's so smart. But you guys, I want you both to answer this. So um, two, two schools of thought from an RSA's perspective, because back in the day, John Beggs took over Sealy, and he did some really smart stuff. I think he was a little bit before his time but he discounted the retail salesperson in terms of their influence on the, the, on the shopping and selling process. And you can't do that because the RSA is a huge part of what happens in our business. So having said that, and Kinsley, you and I have been champions of the RSA having built Sleep Geek together that was completely built for them. Um, but think of this, RSA's perspective, um, how many of them believe that a great bed is something that people buy because they have a lot of money, right? So it's it's affluence, right? Versus um, people buy a great bed because they really value sleep differently than those who don't, right? My 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 thinking is most RSAs make it about the money that the consumer has when they come in, the kind of car that they're driving instead of understanding or appreciating the fact that it's really not about that, it really is about what person values sleep different. Because if, if they really believe that, they're asking different questions. John, react to that comment, would you? The, it's all about asking questions. So you nailed it. It's when they come in store, how can you find smarter questioning to understand two things? 
where are they within their journey? Because one of the findings that we have found in these pulses is that they're walking in much, much more educated and prepared on what they want that they used to be pre-COVID. But secondly, understand how to help them in a more customized, boutique, personalized way, get them to that better sleep solution, the best sleep solution. Um, one of the things we're just talking about drivers of choice nowadays, RSA quality is coming as the number two biggest factor for conversion. So, you know, it, and it's tricky because one of the things that we, RSA quality has always played a role and still, you know, um, the majority of shoppers wants to have a, some quality RSA interaction when they go in store. Um, but it's about finding that delicate balance of, you know, being assisted and then also respecting their privacy. Um, that has, no, has come up more and more in the latest pulses. But back to you, Mark, I think the role of the RSA in this industry from a well-educated, personalized uh, service in the store floor is empirical right now. John, you did a Kinsley. great teaser right there. Oh, you want me to go back to your yeah, question? Yeah, I, I want you yeah, I want you to react to that also. Yeah. Well, I've seen it firsthand. Um, I've seen people uh, with maybe limited income make an investment in a very high-end sleep system because they needed to fix back pain or they had a, a job to be done and the mattress could help them do that job. Um, and I know this, this is not anecdote, like I have very good insights because I've had friends do this. Um, and so then beyond that, you know, we, we talked to many RSAs, many retail managers, and when it, in, invariably, whenever they ask those right questions, and we've talked about this for years, good open-ended questions are your secret superpower. And when they ask those good questions and they reveal those issues and they map that to products that actually solve those problems, we see average tickets go up. We see people get a product that's better fitted for them. Um, so there's no question about it. Um, it's just a matter of, like you said, John, I think this is, a, this is kind of a great teaser here. You said the number two factor that you're seeing in the data right now in shopper conversion is a combination of RSA quality and shopper privacy. So we'll get to number one here in a moment, which I don't have in front of me. This would be fun. This would be news for me too. So we'll get to number one, but the, the number two factor being RSA quality and shopper privacy, take us into RSA quality. We get what that is, but what do you mean by shopper privacy? Give us a little more texture on that one. What customers, what consumers intender said to us is first respect their time by asking the right questions. Um, if you think about it, in, in, the, in the midst of the COVID, you know, you're almost risking your freaking life to get on the car and go to the store. Um, so once I get there, I need to make the most efficient use of my time to get the best output out of this risk. Uh, so if I'm going into the store, please respect my time. Make sure that you ask the right questions to know where I am in my journey. Um, where am I in my research of the best quality sleep? and then build from there. Don't take me backwards with very basic foundational man, man, sales manual type of uh, questioning and answers versus a more customized, personalized. My team, uh, one of the tools that we're gonna be rolling out uh, in this upcoming um, 
virtual event is going to be how can we help the RSA's consultative techniques? How can we help them be more of a personalized problem solver? And in fact, it goes down to the brass tactics of what type of questions you need to ask based on the learnings that we're getting from, from these surveys. Uh, how can you provide industry and product education, but especially not from your own voice, but provide me with trusted resources? I don't know whether it is through reviews or third-party data that allows me to educate myself of why this is the best mattress. Keep in mind, they, they don't mind spending the money for the best mattress, but they're still uncertain. Am I getting the right price? I mean, is, indeed this, is it indeed this the best mattress? So you have to address that level of uncertainty in your selling story. And then lastly, you know, make, make sure that the whatever you recommend, as I said, is personalized to their sleeping habits, their sleeping needs. So it feels like what you're putting forward is like a glove in a hand. It just fits exactly my needs. John, take us into that first part again. Under This is a really good place to kind of go back and add a little more flavor to. Understanding where the consumer is in their journey. So many times RSA might be sitting in an empty store for a long period of time. They see somebody, they want to go talk to them. They've got so much to say potentially. What are some of the questions that uh, an RSA could ask uh, to understand where the consumer is in their journey? How might they open up that conversation to really get some of the detail that would help them understand where they're at in the process? So the journey breaks down in five different stages and we have questionings that helps you probe where they are within that journey. You know, it, they could be that they're very early still in the trigger stage, although that was more in a pre-COVID world. Right now, they go in already in a very active evaluation stage. So they, they're, they're much more informed. They already probably have their top five brands that they would like to go into a deep dive, understand features and benefits. Um, and they might only want just to have the multisensorial experience of trying the product. And if it is so, Let's just make sure you deliver on what their needs are at that particular stage versus starting the education from point zero. So our team has uh, unique probing questions for each of the different stages within the journey in a very simple, fast way that in, in a few minutes you can assess where they are and how can you start adding value from that point forward. Oh yeah, there is no doubt in my mind, Action Funk Music is the official soundtrack of door counts because door counts is all about taking action to get out of that funk the funk of not knowing door counts is the smartest way to count retail traffic and then do something with that traffic and have proof and tie it to sales results our friend luis lopez actually won the door count system installed it in one of his stores, saw how well it worked. He went out and purchased the system for all of his other stores. And he said, as soon as that camera went in, boom, difference maker. I knew that the minute I would install that camera in my store, I was gonna be able to see why people were coming in, where were they coming from. I was gonna make better decisions on my uh, marketing tools. I was gonna make that person accountable to, to show the importance of, uh, to our salesmen of every person that comes through the door, how much it costs us to bring that person in. All of that stuff 
ties in together and then you know the CRM to follow up with the customers and uh, after they come in the store has elevated our sales incredibly. It's been a couple months that we've had it and I can already see the results. I've seen a 60% growth in our sales for the entire year. Right now on your phone or computer, go to doorcounts.com, book a demo, tell them Dust Marco sent you. We're talking with John Byrne, Vice President of Retail and Emerging Channel Marketing with TSI, Temper Sealy International. And John, thanks for sharing all the data and giving us some of the play-by-play that needs to go along with that so people can understand what are some of these trends that are emerging that are going to stick. And one of the things you talked about was the number two factor in shopper conversion is combined experience of RSA quality and shopper privacy. But we didn't get to number one. So what is the number one factor that you're seeing in shopper conversion? It was a good teaser. It's uh, actually ease of shopping. Ease of shopping is the number one. Ease of shopping. Ease of shopping. It's all about the efficiency in the selection process. It's all about the speed of the checkout as well as the convenience of delivery. So a very... Uh, a very easy, seamless, efficient end-to-end process. Um, and I, our team, was, you know, we're, we were, we're dwelling about this one. Um, ease of shopping has always been part of the top five. It's interesting just to see it pop up as a number one. And I think this correlated, the best way we could explain it, Kingsley, was correlated to this omni-channel world that we currently have been living in the last 90 days. You know, think about your experience when you go to Amazon. It's, it's fast. It's, it's you get the education, you get the product comparative tables, you understand, help you deselect. They already have all your information as a prime uh, shopper. You click through on your basket. They already have your address, your information, and it's an easy, uh, easy and fast overall. So imagine that you've been having in the last 90 days a thousands of those interactions suddenly your expectations heightens and you expect that level of ease of shopping, regardless of the shopping environment that you're currently walking into, whether it's brick and mortar or whether it's omnichannel. So that rewires your frame. And, and that is another of the, the challenges that we want to make sure that our retailers understand that the, the playing fields have changed. The wiring in the consumer minds around what constitutes ease of shopping has changed. You could never go back now. So what do you need to do in order to start deconstructing your own process and understanding where you currently have breakdowns and what needs to be solved is key at this moment. There was a podcast we did with a guy named Jesse Cole, and it was the first podcast to start out 2020. And I, if, if we want to go back to that, do you remember the beginning of 2020? Everybody's like, 2020, everything's in focus, vision. 2020 is going to be my year. And then in March, everybody was wiping with a coffee filter, (laughs) right? Things kind of fell apart. But at the beginning of the year, we were excited. We were really excited to kick off the new year. And I remember this podcast we did with Jesse Cole. He wears a yellow tuxedo every day. He owns a baseball team called the Savannah Bananas. And they have grandma beauty pageants. They hold up babies in center field and play Lion King music. They have a breakdancing first base coach. They have parking lot penguins. And Jesse told us something that really stuck that I think applies here. He said, you win in the transitions. You win in the transitions. And so he realized that when people came from their house and went to the baseball game, 
it was a transition point. How could the Savannah Bananas win? So they created a playlist that people could listen to in their car that got them excited for the game and got them pumped up. So they would be great fans whenever they got there. He knew that when they pulled into the parking lot, from the time they pulled in until the time their car was in its slot, it was a transition and they were losing. So what do they do? They brought in parking lot penguins to make it easier and direct people. These transitions, those are just examples of, of going to a baseball game, but these transitions exist within every retail environment and there are probably many more of them. One of the transitions we've heard about lately is what if somebody leaves your store but was very interested? Well, the transition there is I want to give them information around the product that they were interested in buying and allow them to pay. And we found out that people were using Podium to text their customers the information about the products and a payment link by text message. Very easy to do, very seamless. They don't even have to come back to the store. All the delivery, all the scheduling can happen from there. But these are the transitions I think we need to think about winning in, especially if your data is saying the number one factor in shopper conversion is ease of shopping. That is a big rat's nest to unravel when you think, how do I, how do I evaluate ease of shopping and make it easier? And you know, the technology is out there. Um, I think it's the, the speed by which you as a retailer can need to adopt it, the, the investment level that is required, but the ROI that comes with it. Um, I'm going to give you another example of, of rewiring. I think this will be funny on how you change myself, how I expect a seamless shopping experience. I just came from Chicago. I just moved to Lexington about a year ago, but I used to live in Chicago and we have the Amazon Go stores. Have you guys ever walked into one of those? Not yet. The Amazon Go? All right. You should. If you haven't, you should because it's just going to change your life going forward. Um, it's basically a convenience store, nothing more like that. You go in, you pop up in your phone uh, a QR code that has all your prime information. You scan it on the way in, kind of a, a, a gated way. And then you grab a basket and everything you pick within the store, it's all monitored for you. So whether the shelves are weighted, so immediately you pick an item, it's already assigned to you. There's cameras and tracking devices within the ceiling, not noticeable, that know that Kinsley picked up that can of uh, ketchup or, or beer. And then you gather your basket and then you just walk out and immediately Kinsley, you have your report on your phone that says you bought all these items and this is your total that was charged. It took me, and then it tells you how much time it took. It took me two and a half minutes to go in, get a yogurt before heading up to work. You do that three, four times on the way to work. And then on another occasion, I needed to stop at a drugstore. I think it was a CVS just to buy the same freaking yogurt. And then I go there. First, I noticed that I'm not getting the best price, which is disappointed, not knowing what Amazon sells it for in this store. But then I have to go into the self-checkout. There were five guys in front of me, and now I'm running late. And suddenly, I'm going, hold on a second. Why am I going through this pain? Suddenly, a behavior that I've done before knowing Amazon Go, and it was very, it was expected from me, suddenly I'm totally disappointed. Suddenly, they have raised my bar. And I don't think I'll ever buy a yogurt in a CVS store on my way to work anymore. So I think just it, this, this seismic change in consumers becoming more omni-channel in the last 90 days 
has rewired their cerebral nervous system. And, and now it's all about what is the retailer's gonna do, like you said, to make those transitions points work faster uh, and more seamless. And you know, serving them the same spoon you served them before COVID is just not gonna work. Not only gonna work, it's just gonna damage you from a, from a retailer standpoint. This rewiring of the brain and enough time for something to actually stick. This is a real thing. Here, I have two quick stories. Number one, a friend of mine has a Tesla and he went to Vegas and he rented a car and he came back out the next morning and the car was running. Because <laughs> with a Tesla, you get out of the car and walk away and it shuts itself off and locks itself. You don't have to suffer the injustice of starting a car or pressing a button or anything. He left the rental car on because that's what he was used to. The second, this, this is my story. Early in my marriage, we got a, a gift, uh, and it was a trash can where you wave your hand at it and it automatically opens. This is a battery-powered trash can. So I had one, it broke, and that was a couple of years later. So I bought another one. I'm like, this is great. I love this wave at the trash can thing. So one day, uh, I had a tissue blow my nose, and I find myself waving at the toilet. <laughs> How many times have you been in a, in a, in a restroom though, and you're waving at the faucet trying to get the water and you realize it's not that kind of faucet. So you feel like a moron. Um, I want to, I want to take you guys in another place though. You talk about ease of shopping. It's also ease of selling. And part of it is, you know, Tempur-Pedic has done such an amazing job. And one of the reasons um, is that Tempur-Pedic told their story very well. You know, it, it started out long form and, and, and like helping people understand why memory foam, this space age NASA foam was good for them. So that really eventually, they had so much of that story being told that it made it simple, right? When the consumer came in um, for the RSA to transact that sale because they were pre-sold prior to ever getting in the store. John, one of the things that you shared with us um, is the fact that 66% um, of respondents now are telling us that they plan to shop online more often, right? And isn't that also part of it? So it's helping somebody understand, the consumer, what the value proposition is, two things in the store and with the product before they ever make it in because they're not wanting to be in the store as long, right? So there's the appointment shopping and it's helpful to them if they ever, if they're able to learn their way in to a category that's already mysterious because it's a mattress sewn up in fabric and you don't buy them that often. So people don't really know what's in them. So anyway, I just think, why don't you speak to that a little bit? I mean, the role that information, your website, um, the interface people have with the types of information, how big is that now? in terms of changing the paradigm or changing the experience. We knew it was important before, but isn't it even different now? In a big, in a big way. So yeah. this is a great question. So another of the polls was, was about sources of information, right? So where does shopper go to get their information in this new journey where they're self-educated around mattresses? And, you know, you usually get the usual suspects, you know, the, the mattress brand website, in our case, tempurpedic.com is top of the list. But then as 
source trusted sources of information is not only the Brasser's brand website, but the second one most trusted is the retailer brand website. And it's interesting because as I joined the mattress category a year and a half ago, as I talked to many CMOs and, and, and all retailer owners, you know, they only saw their website as a way to build traffic to their stores because their secret sauce happens in store, right? Uh, so I don't want to, I don't want my website to transact. I don't want my website to educate. I want them just to send them to my store because the RSAs will take it from there. That's my secret sauce. And if you look at this dynamic around consumers becoming more everywhere commerce, trying to find a different word for omni-channel because it's been burned out. Um, you as a retailer needs to have a very strong omni-channel presence. And by that, I mean, you need to revisit your website and make sure that you're delivering the best user experience, the best content, um, and it's seamless whether you're looking at it online or offline. Um, and there's no disconnect, you know. Your online is not another version of the newspaper free standing insert where you just blast them with price offers. That's old school. Um, now it's a place where I go to get information, where I need to deselect. I, I have five options. I want to make sure that you help me deselect those options. Help me provide comparative tables where I can, based on a feature basis, similar to what Amazon does. You allow me to deselect and reduce my number of choices. Uh, engage me with video. Video is one of the most engaging click-through rate tactics that we're getting across the board. Um, in fact, we're, redo we're re redoing our Amazon presence, incorporating much stronger uh, um, CGI developed demos on our product based on digital videos. So how much of those assets are within your website right now? And you know what? You don't need to solve all this for yourself. You know, you, you can lean in on your vendor partners, uh, whether it's SSB or Austin Tempur-Pedica. One of the things that, again, we're going to be rolling out coming now, August 26, is going to be easy widgets that you can plug into your website to help them get bigger click-through rates, more education for your shoppers, um, and make your website work much, much harder than what it's been doing up to now. So, sorry, I'm extending myself here, but you put your finger on the one here. Uh, if, there's, if you ask me, okay, John, you read all this research, um, what are the two, three things that I need to do, right? Uh, I would start with your omni-channel presence by far. Um, of course, cleanliness and safety is in the Maslow hierarchy of needs, number one. So if you haven't checked out that box, I don't think you're doing business today. Um, but omni-channel is definitely one of them. Um, and I can keep going, going, uh, but there's a lot of room for improvement in creating a strong omni-channel presence for retailers. I, I saw that you talked about the QR code and something that you had sent to us. Um, yeah. I think that that's something that's going to stick to Kinsley brought that up earlier. Don't you like, so now you're going into restaurants and you're able to scan for the beer menu or whatever it is. And when QR codes first came out, you had to have a, you know, download a, a, a reader and all of that stuff. Now it's just built into the camera. I think consumers get that now. They understand what that goofy look at the square is. And to your point about video, what a cool way to serve up video in the, in the moment of shopping, right? So I think QR codes, taking them back, the screen to shelf kind of 
experience. Right. I think those, just the adoption of this could be really good for us in a product category that requires some explanation. You know, we, we added them about a year ago into our top of bed price cards. Um, just for the fun of it, to be honest, our, our head of in-store experience thought they would be cool to adopt a QR code. That, so if you are alone and you haven't seen your RSA, you can bring your phone up, pick up the QR code and get more information right there. So you, you make the best use of your time. But what we're seeing is something that started just as for the fun of it, it has taken great momentum. We see much more usage of the QR code in our POP in-store that we ever seen before. Research, when we run one of the pulses about cleanliness and safety, uh, there's a little bit of a hesitation of consumers touching anything, touching a pamphlet, a brochure, touching anything in-store. So the more you can do it contactless, the better. So there you have a very easy plug-in solution for your top of bed price cards um, that you can you can activate right away. And um, in fact, we do it for all our products, all our price cards across the entire assortment right now. You know, there was a time whenever QR codes, people really didn't know how to scan them, what to do with them. Now, especially with Snapchat, I think even just to get somebody else's snap code, you scan it, it's a QR code. Um, and what a great opportunity, I think, at retail to be able to guide people to the information you want them to experience first, especially if you pop it up with video and, and contactless. So I think that, you know, there was a long, a long time when, you know, I, I was working in, in my agency days where I'm like, nah, like we're a little bit ahead of our time. Let's not do QR codes yet. All the data suggests that people don't even use them, don't know how to use them, but that time has passed. And now that we're thinking contact free and like you mentioned, Quinn, uh, grabbing a menu on your phone and not having to have a menu that's been passed around from patron to patron whenever you go to a restaurant. It's pretty attractive. Kinsley, do you remember, were you with Leggett at the time we had ISPA and QR codes had just come out or I had just discovered them. And so in my head, I was like, okay, we're going to, at ISPA, we're going to like put QR codes in everything and it's going to be really cool because no one knows what they are. And we're going to give them a little like explanation on how to do it. Number one, download the, the app that you have to use to shoot the QR code. But then we had cool videos like linked to everything. Were you there at that time? No, I don't think I was. That? Okay. Because if you were, you probably would have talked me out of it. Because <laughs> the reality is, to your point, nobody had a freaking clue what the QR code was. And so they saw this thing and then they're like, okay, download the, so, you know, you know, the, what was required to actually bring that to life or see what it was about. You had to download the app and the, the internet connection wasn't great in the building. So you're just kind of ahead of your time. Anyway, I think maybe, maybe seven people, you know, may have actually done it. We had gone through all this work and we were so excited. It was so cool. Don Wright, I'll never forget with Wright Global Graphics came through and he's like, what's that? And I told him, he's like, oh my God, we're going to put it on all of our wine bottles and do all this stuff. And anyway, it's easy to get excited, but now um, you can use them and they actually work. So uh, being ahead of your time is not necessarily a good thing. Sometimes right, you can be so ahead of, you can be so far ahead of your platoon that you get shot in the back. Yeah. <laughs> you're just, you're a forward thinker, Quinn. You're a doer. And you're a guy that has his finger on the crystal ball and he's looking at what's, what's in the future. You're just ahead of your time. Well, I'm easily excitable. I'm like a little kid, like waiting for Christmas. I see it. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be incredible. And it is like several years later. So all this to say um, you were right. 
<laughs> Thank you, Kinsley. I knew I was right. Um, so right at the right at the wrong time. So John, you you talk about um, this live event you have coming up, and uh, we want to definitely make sure people um, have access to that. It's going to be on August the twenty um, sixth for everyone. Um, you can register for this event at retailhaschanged.com. If you're watching this right now on Facebook or the Zoom event, uh, you can see the graphic there. Um, you talk about taking people through several modules. Can you give us a little tease on, we've talked about some of those things, but what are we missing? What else are you guys going to be talking about? And who is the event for? So the, the, the event came as a proactive idea from our weekly meetings, reviewing polls research, we said, oh my God, we're, we're, we're connecting new dots. There's significant new behavior here. First, what are we doing to help our retailers, right? Does our tools still work? Retail Edge, which is our platform for helping our customers drive velocity, in-store velocity and conversion. You know, are they, those tools still work? So we went back and look at the tools and said, right, Yes, they still valid, but there's a whole new set of what we're calling accelerants that are near-term, high-impact, that we as a team committed to put together to help our retailers unlock, maximize growth uh, post the pandemic. So we said, all right, why don't we find a virtual live event, which we never done before, where we invite our entire retail base, um, buyers, marketing teams, merchandisers, as well as our own sales force, and then share not only the new shopper dynamics that we're witnessing here, but also the new tools that are available on hand to sell that they can plug in right away. So these are not things that are coming down the pipeline. These are quick accelerants available for you, Mr. Retailer. Uh, many, most of them at no cost provided you by Temper. Um, that you need to plug in and why. So we decided to put this uh, uh, virtual live event together. It's about an hour and a half. We're gonna start uh, with Steve Rusing, our president of sales, just framing up, hey, there's a whole new marketplace out there, guys, and what that means in terms of you and your business. And then what we're gonna do is, we do have subject matter experts for multiple areas that you as a retailer, whether you're with your marketing, merchandising team, you can find your own track and decide, all right, based on my interest, based on my own tension points right now, I want to go deeper into RSA training. So Temper Silly helped me. How can I help uh, make my RSAs deliver ease of chopping, for example? And then believe there's a whole module around training and how can you start making and asking right questions to find at what point of the journey the shopper that is entering your store is uh, at. So that's one module around training. There's another module that is all about advertising. So this is interesting. We took all the data that we have had in terms of what works. So if you think about keywords, if you think about messaging, what messaging is getting the biggest click-through rate today based on the best knowledge from our own agencies. And the intent is just to share all those ways to optimize your own media and advertising and targeting as a retailer using our own mistakes. What have we learned? What didn't work and what worked? So immediately you can put it to play in your marketing plans. That's advertising. We have another uh, module around in-store. So in this contactless age, how the future of the store would look like. 
And it goes on and on. We have a map tool where we have updated a huge amount of database that as a retailer, you can go to the map tool and understand the demographic composition, whether your store is located and what is the optimal assortment that you need to carry on the floor, not only for your in-store, but what's the optimal assortment for your, for your online website as well. It's a new module that we just added in this post-COVID rollout. So I can go on and on. In general, there's about 15 new accelerants that we're making available for our retailers on all seven different fronts of Retail Edge. Uh, and we're hoping that they make the best use of it. And they will have not only a downloadable playbook, kind of a step-by-step -step approach, but also the help of our own uh, sales associates to help them make it uh, put to work. So we're excited. I think it's going to be of added value. Otherwise, we would not be spending the time and the energy. Uh, with the retailers that we have been able to share a peak preview of the work, uh, they, they, they were super ecstatic. And in fact, they just wanted their entire team to take part of the webcast. So we feel we got something good and we hope that your audience uh, join us in that day as well. So a real quick question before I, I Kinsley's gonna jump in. Um, how many people do you think are gonna be attending the live event on August 26th just to hear Roosing versus learn something about the rest of that stuff? <laughs> Well, Rusing is uh, <laughs> Rusing is quite. It's a celebrity in the industry. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, he's, he's a draw. He's, he's a draw, draw. John. All I'm, right. I must I'm say that eighty twenty. We just don't know which one is eighty and which one is twenty. I mean, he looks sharp. I mean, that hair looks sharp. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's a celebrity in the industry, so he's he's hey, uh, But but let's be very clear. Kinsley is number one with hair. Steve Rusing may be coming like a, a close second. So Kinsley, you're going to say. Something much more important. So I toss it back to you, my friend. That's debatable. Uh, <laughs> well, the, it, thanks, John, for number one, for sharing the data. And, and just to kind of clean it up a little bit, this is not just a small sample. I mean, you guys really rounded up a robust sample size representative that, that tells us, hey, these aren't just a collection of opinions. This is not cherry-picked. Um, this is going to be real information that can be backed up um, statistically. So I think that's, that's huge, number one. And then, you know, from a, from a sign-up standpoint, retailhasechanged.com is the URL. So people head over there, get signed up. Uh, I'm excited, you know, for people to have, to be able to anchor some of their thinking in, in that data that is more meaningful instead of a lot of the conjecture that's been out there. So, you know, applaud you and the team at TSI for putting that together and, and helping people out. And I think that's what we're kind of thinking about as an industry right now. How do we continue to help each other out? Because there is an opportunity. And I think when people go to the live event that you mentioned, it, you know, it's all about what do you need to do right now to capture as much growth as you can. And that's what you're going to learn about. Because like, like you had mentioned um, when we previously spoke, we don't know if the spigot's going to get shut off at some point. So let's get after it now. 100% agree. Well, guys, uh, this was fun jamming with you. And it was a good jam. It was a good jam. Good jam session. And I did notice that when you, whenever you sent me through the Amazon Go store, I purchased ketchup and beer, uh, which sometimes <laughs> I would mix, mix together and make a Clamato. Why not? <laughs>
But, but wait, so what I caught from that, I was going to give John shit for it, but I, I, I thought I wouldn't interrupt. I'd let him go. I have never personally purchased a can of ketchup. Have you, Kinsley? <laughs> Guys, I was, I was going to go with a can of beer, but I didn't know whether my alcohol background is biased. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question, John. How much beer do you actually drink in a can versus a bottle? Be honest. Well, in the in the in the lager category, mainly can. In the premium imports, only bottle. All right, all right. So, you you are you committed to taking a tequila shot with Kinsley and I, which is the official beverage of the Dos Marcos podcast? Can we can we talk you into that? Bring me on you and the harmonica, him on the guitar, and I'll be a server. <laughs> And a guy named Jerry, we're just going to be hanging out on his front porch. I'm pretty sure how this is going to go down. Well, guys, I enjoyed it. John, it's, it's really nice to, to have you on the podcast. Um, thanks for making time. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're watching on Facebook or on, on video, there's, there's me jamming with Jerry on Quinn's phone. I didn't know you recorded that. I did. I had to get a little bit of the I'm, – I'm telling that story, by the way. My kids think I'm a moron, so – um, in, in a lot of ways. So um, I was telling them that we were on this guy's porch and he just said, hey, we're going to play music. And my daughter's looking at me like, you are such an idiot. Like, how do you like just that? And so Gabby says to Bridget, she said, is Mark Kinsley like dad? And she's like, he's exactly like that. So <laughs> the point is being able to talk people into or find yourself in very random situations because you just invite that crap into your world. So well, we anyway, didn't even mention, I mean, you, did you tell your kids that first we were playing guitar on a porch for the guy we didn't know, and then we're getting chased by a guy in a gorilla mask while you and I are on a tandem bicycle, and we didn't know the guy that we asked to wear the gorilla mask. That actually happened uh, yesterday. <laughs> she, but I told her that too, and she said, well, who wore the gorilla mask? And I said, we just saw some guy on the trail, and we just talked to him, and and ask him to do it. And he agreed to do it. And she's like, why would you ask some random guy, some stranger you don't even know? And so anyway, it's just- His name was Jesse, by the way. And he was with his two buddies and they were hanging out and we gave them social media gold because they were grabbing content of their friend, Jesse, running around in the the gorilla mask. And it just all worked. Whenever, this this is all about the brand. This is what your kids need to understand. When you fly your flag- That's right. And it's a Jolly Roger. Pirates are going to come get on your ship. What is our flag, by the way? Like, moron? Is that the flag? It's the fun flag. It's It's the fun flag. The fun flag. All right. Moron fun. That's good. I like fun. My friend James designs flags. I'm going to have him. I'm going to say, James, design the fun flag for us. The fun flag for this, Marcus. I like it. And we got John on board, and we're going to have tequila shots. John, you're awesome. The content, the information, fantastic. Love what you guys are doing to help your customers. We think that's a big deal. We're on board with you. Sleep is a big deal. It's not a dotted line anymore from the stuff that we have um, into the products that we sell. Our products change people's lives. The industry needs to embrace it more. Uh, Don't miss John at the live event, August 26th, retailhaschanged.com. Go check it out. What time is it? Um, I mean, they can register in advance, but what time on the August 26th is it? Do you know? It starts at 11. 11 a.m. Eastern time. All right, 11 a.m. Block it out, Kinsley. What's left? Just play that funky music. You can bounce on it.
what is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool as ice and I'm hot like like a heater, bounce by the ounce, now we got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth, the bounce all night. Yeah. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. It's the best thing to happen to your mattress. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get Somebody to get in your vicinity You probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity Foam alone? Out of five, maybe one star Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar Mad back support The best way to shack up or just get rest That won't mess your back up Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist Or a mullet party in the back of the business Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus The ultimate hybrid Nothing short of cheap Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, phone keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl wanna chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam, cause if that bowling ball don't bounce, you'll be sleeping alone. And if the bed don't react, then you can't get low. We got the type of bounce that won't spill your Merlot. So stick with us and you'll get rewarded. Cause I'm so gentle and I'm so supportive. And we just killed a song about mattresses.